Hello and welcome back. This is your host, Daniel B. Esquivel. Today, our guest shared her experiences and how she got to where she is now as the artistic director of Urban Theater Company. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll let her introduce herself first. Hi, my name is Miranda Gonzalez. I am the artistic director at Urban Theater Company, and my preferred pronouns are she, her, hers. And I have been in theater now since 1999. I'm just going to put it that way. I'm going to give away my age. <laughs> so, without further ado, here is Pajaritos, a Chicago Latinx theater podcast. was the first theater production that you ever experienced? The very first one, hmm, I had to be a freshman in high school. It was downtown, and all I know is that it was Shakespeare, and it was done with hip-hop beats and all modern, and it perked up my interest right away because I thought I was going to fall asleep. I was so tired, and I said to myself, oh, this is going to suck, <laughs> and as soon as... They started playing that nice, bassy, hip-hop background, because I was a hip-hop girl, as a person who was born and raised in Chicago. I woke up, and I thought, holy cow, this is amazing. And it was Othello. And I, I fell in love with it. Man, I didn't even think to myself that I wanted to be on stage. I remember that. I remember saying, I want to write something. like I could do something like this. <laughs> And then we studied Othello for, I don't know, the entire semester. And then I played Othello. And it was great. It was an all-girls high school. So (laughs) so we had to play, you know, talk about being gender fluid. I loved it. My girlfriends and I always wanted to play the male, quote-unquote, characters. (laughs) So it was great. What was the first production that you were ever involved with, other than, you know, playing Othello? Bloodline, the Antigone Oedipus story. I was a part of the chorus, and I, at that time, it was 1998, and it was an amazing experience. It was done by 13th Tribe. Joanna Settle was the director, and that's when I thought for the first time, man, I want to direct, because she was just on point. I mean, there was a cast of 23 people. It was crazy. All ages. The youngest was seven. The oldest was 67. It was, <laughs> I don't know how she kept us all in line and kept us all going. I mean, it was one of the first immersive experiences too. And we filled the entire place with gravel and, you know, the old proscenium seating. And just, we did so many things with noises around. It was great. A Hubbard Street dancer was our choreographer. She was fantastic. I went for fun. You know, I was like, okay, a little audition. Well, it seems cool. And then it ended up being this extravagant, great budget type of place. And they flew in equity folks from New York. And I was like, oh, oh, this is, I guess, a big to-do. Whatever. (laughs) You know, that's been my experience throughout a theater the whole whole time. Like, (laughs) I never even thought I was ever going to be involved. I never, you know, I saw a fellow, whatever, it's a play. Oh, wow, this is great. Every single experience has been that way. It's it's been interesting. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, look at me. I'm so found. (laughs) You know, didn't know I was lost. 
So you you were found by theater, mm-hmm. then you pursued an education in theater. No, I am the anomaly. There's very few of us. I think myself and Garden is the only other <laughs> only other person in theater that I know. Oh no, Anthony Mosley. And we did not seek an education in theater. I'm a business major. I'm a marketing major. I was more of a singer and a dancer. So I was dancing and taking classes at Joe Hall and I had scholarship there. And I was a part of a group called the Happiness Club and I was performing from the age of 14 to 18. And that's how I ended up finding acting because the majority of the kids that were in that group, they were all actors and they were all represented by agencies. And then the manager there said, I'll be your manager and I will get you into these agencies. And I said, oh, okay. And so one of my first and favorite agents was Salazar Navas, which is Mirna Salazar. She was my agent. I was 13, 13 or 14. Really, everything I've learned about theater is along the way, is through experience, is instinctual, is that kind of rawness that I was able to really embrace it with an open mind, I think. I never felt like there was no other way to do things, but at the same time, I feel like my creativity allows me to express myself and other people or express myself to other people or create a world in ways that is limitless. You know, marketing is in itself a creative degree. In order to better create a world for other people or to reach other people and communicate. And I think really, in essence, that's what theater is. It's communicating. It's how do you choose to communicate and how do you choose to exist in this world? That's it. Well, let's talk about your experiences as a founding member of Teatro Luna. Mm -hmm. You're a founding ensemble member, correct? Mm -hmm. I am. Yes, I am. So another situation where theater found me. I went for an audition for Latino Logs with Rick Najera. He was a writer on In Living Color. He came and was auditioning girls to be a Cuban prostitute. Yay! And I ran into Uh Tanya Saracho in the audition. And she, you know, she was talking to my own minute. And I was like, man, this girl talks really fast. (laughs) And, or uh, more so, a lot of thoughts at the same time. And then she turns and she says, if I started an all-female theater company, would you come? And I said, yeah, that sounds great. And she's like, aren't you tired of, you know, auditioning for this? I said, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> you know, I had been auditioning. At that point, I had been, this would be like my second experience. However, I had been in the acting industry for a long time. So I was used to going for gangbangers, pregnant teens. And I was just so tired. I was like, oh, God, I, I really wanted to stop acting. I really did. I was like, what's the point? You know, I don't, I don't, I'm an Afro-Latina. I don't fit the typical look of a lighter skinned Latina with straight hair and, you know, dark features as they would point out. And, and I just didn't, and they didn't know where to place me. And Mirna Salazar still talks about it. She talked about it when we did the Lake Effects panel on the importance of Latinx theater. And she used me an example. She's, she's like, I've known Miranda since she was young. She was a young teenager and I did not know where to place her. She had to hard sell me a lot of the times. And the thing is, is the lady did. I don't know how she did it, but man, she did. But yeah, so, you know, I met Daniel Saracho and then she said, you know, would you audition? I said, sure. And the beauty about that time was literally there were a handful of people who were working in theater who were Latino or at that time, right? Because now it's Latinx. And I ran into her again at my agents and she said, oh, great. I'm so happy. We're having auditions tomorrow. Here, come. I said, okay. Well, lo and behold, it wasn't auditions. It was 12 of us who showed up and we were like, okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? 
Why did I? How did I just? How did this just happen? You know, and that's where I met Goya Paz, and I met the rest of the girls. It was. It really was just out of frustration of lack of roles and out of frustration of not seeing ourselves in theater and just the variety that Teatro Luna formed. I mean, we really didn't even know what the hell we were gonna do. We didn't. We we literally sat there in a circle, introduced ourselves, and we're like, okay, so what do we do? Do we do Shakespeare, all women? Well, what do we do? And it was actually Goya Paz, who through journaling and through loving original work, was the one who pushed us and said, why don't we just write our own stories? And then we were all like, yeah, we should just write our own stories, you know? And we just, it was through improv games and through all sorts of stuff that we just came up with skits and stories and we wrote them and we put them up and then we had generic Latina. You know, it was, it was through journaling and anger. Man, I remember Erica Martinez sharing a lot. She journaled the most out of all of us. And she would just journal and journal and it would spark, it would spark ideas of, oh man, this would be great. Oh man, you know, and then Koya would bring in stuff. At that time, they were the true like original workers because of all the journaling they did. Elita Rosario was the other one. I mean, and it just gelled. And we didn't even have an idea that we were going to be successful. I mean, half of us didn't know how to run a company. <laughs> we didn't even know what it meant to be an ensemble. I remember showing up. They said, okay, we're going to have tech. I said, all right. Well, I had only one theater experience. I was an actor in it. I didn't know I had to go and paint. Like, I didn't. So we show up at all different hours. And and Koya you know, and Tanya are, were painting the set all day by themselves. And Koya's like, I can't believe it. They didn't show up. And I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't oh, we have to. Oh, we have to do this ourselves. <laughs> like, I, I had no idea. I remember that so clearly. Half of us didn't. We were like, what? Uh, oh, okay. You know, oh, we have to. Oh, our own costumes. Oh, this is staying here. Oh, oh, it was just, oh, it was hilarious. But lo and behold, I mean, it was at Phoenix Ascending, and we sold out. But it was, it it was a, a a complete accident, a forced accident, I would say. Um, just wanted to get together and be around women that created, and then we created that, and it was great. So yeah, that was that was that was TL <laughs> in the early days. I think it's really really important. I mean, you're carving a space for your, yourself in an industry that never made a space for you in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's really important. I mean, I'm just... It was, yeah. Myself. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we realized the importance of it. All all we knew was we, we had a voice. It wasn't being heard. Our agents weren't hearing us. We were just so tired. And they, and they, and they kept, you know, saying to us, well, what do you want us to do? I think that with feeling like we were oppressed came out our idea to be heard or came out that like passion to want to say no we don't have to we don't have to sit back you know we don't have to we can write our own stuff and we're going to write our own stuff and it's going to be funny I mean we didn't know it was going to be that funny but you know <laughs> we're like we're going to be funny and we're going to be great and yeah, and there we were just having a good time on, on Ashland and off of Ashland and Division above a above a at a beauty school it was I mean, oh, sometimes the smells of nail polish or that, like, remover or dye would get us so nauseous. <laughs> we were just nauseated. And there was a time I was like, I need a break. I need to open up all the windows. And there we are trying to, you know, put together all these scenes and skits. So that was, that was good. Good times. 
So you have been actress, you have been director. How did you make your path to artistic director? So, um, huh. let me see if I can, I can say this in a, in, a, in a timeline that makes sense. As a performer, I was just performing, right? So I had my first acting gig, whatnot. That was just one vehicle or, or, or one vessel that which my creativity was expressed. When I went into Teatro Luna, we had to exercise everything. We did not have a choice, right? Because we're developing and writing original scripts. So so when it came to content and when it came to um, writing and when it came to performance, that all kind of meshed and, and, and molded together. And you didn't realize how rare that actually happens in environments that are not an ensemble or that are, that are not writing original work. Um, or devising, and when we were when we were um, devising and doing that, we're, we were exercising all types of muscles. And and then when the founders left the organization, then there was an opportunity for me to take on the director of artistic development role. So I didn't want to become an artistic director necessarily um, because I felt that with the title of artistic director, a lot of the times it didn't really lend itself to to other people realizing that what you're doing is you're fostering other people's creativity because it is devised work. So I didn't want that title. I was like, oh, I don't want to be an artistic director. I mean, you know, artistic directors just take the credit for everybody else's work. That's actually how I felt at the time, you know, um, with my experience with other artistic directors. And I said, no, I, you know, so we... Myself and Alex Miller sat and said, well, why don't, if you don't want to be that, then why don't you just be the, you know, director of artistic development and you just develop, um, other people asked, great. So I'm like, that's perfect. Uh, and because I had been at that point in TL for over 10 years and I'd been devising work for that long, uh, it was, it was a good fit and it. And I decided to take on a project that was generic Latina, uh, GL 2010. So it was the same model that we had done for many years, different vignettes with a through line. I wrote the through line and that was Las Comadres. The first particular moment I wrote or the first scene I wrote with a group of women. Um, so it was my concept. And then myself, Marilyn Camacho, Diane Herrera, I can't remember who else was in the room at this point. Uh, but we sat and I had them help me with these characters because they're actually women that I knew. You know, one was my grandmother, Mexican lady. The other one was um, my uncle's uh, wife number two's mother. <laughs> you know, he's been married several times. <laughs> and, uh, and then the other uh, woman was uh, my best friend's aunt. So I basically developed these characters and, and I, I gave them just the parameters of those characters and had them play a little bit and then wrote that first scene down. Well, I didn't realize how easy it was going to come to me to write scenes. And I didn't, it didn't dawn on me, even though it was like now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm like, dumb, Randa, you'd been exercising your writing capabilities since 1999 you know so of course it was going to be easy for you to just oh never mind I've got this so then I wrote three other scenes to accompany that and then um and then embodied it in GL 2010 and just 
that was my first experience, my first experience directing. And then also being a person who outside of theater was always entrepreneurial and I had helped friends build businesses. I worked in corporate. I worked out of corporate. I worked, you know, with Instituto del Progreso Latino. So with that and then my experience with TL, I was able to build a resume that was strong enough for me to then uh, you know, for Ivan to then approach me and say, hey, would you consider being an artistic director? And then, lo and behold, here I am as the artistic director of UTC. And through that time, just to clarify, with the stigma that I had uh, about being an artistic director, I then did a lot of internal work and spiritual work around that. Like, what is that really about? Is that really the case? No. I mean, you create every experience you have. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be this way. And how do you continuously stay grounded, you know, and how and, and what really is your purpose and what you stand for? You mentioned how, as a director, you're very interested in and what you believe is really important is remembering where you came from. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's really, I mean, I personally believe that's really relevant to Urban Theater Company mm-hmm. because of the the collaboration with Bate Urbano mm-hmm. and how Bate Urbano is working against gentrification, mm-hmm. is working, you know, against a hegemonically controlled audience. Mm-hmm. And so for Urban Theater to have a director that, or an artistic director, excuse me, that believes in remembering where you're from is not only is it relevant to the mission statement, mm-hmm. not only is it relevant to the work that you're doing mm-hmm. in terms of your season, in terms of um, the art that you're producing, but I think also in terms of the audience that needs to be seeing these shows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, you know, I feel that, and, and there was a phrase that we always used to use at Teatro Luna that I know someone important said, but I don't know who that person <laughs> was. But in specificity, there is universality. So, um, with myself looking at where we're going, and I haven't announced this really publicly, so this will be the first time anybody's hearing it, but I want to go back to archiving Chicago stories. So, you know, what Sandra Delgado did with La Havana Madrid is something for me that is so important because the majority of stories that I hear, I hear are not about Chicago, from Chicago, or have anything to do with Chicago. So now for me, being a Chicago native, Chicago, you know, uh, born and raised um, in an urban center, you don't find a lot of that here in Chicago either. Uh, I'm not a transplant. I, I know our history. I know what it is or what it took for us to get where we're at now in the struggle that happened and the people who were displaced and and how difficult it was for my family to hang on and how you know and so who's going to remember those stories who's going to who's going to archive them I should say and who's going to tell them so it might as well be those of us who are from here and who experienced it and and who lived through that and I'm not talking about folks who were born and raised here. No, because there's people who are in the city who've been here for 40 years. Um, you know, but they weren't born here, but they were, they, they've been here for a long time, you know. And it, it, it was, it's important for me at UTC to really create a vision around stories that are centered around the Chicago experience. Looking back, what have you been most proud of in or out of the theater world? 
honestly, being able to be a mother and be in the theater world, that has to be the most difficult thing to do because, I get, you know, people tell me all the time, how do you do it? I don't know. I just keep going. I just, I just keep going. I figure it out. Normally, we have a section at the end of each of our episodes so that our guests have a moment to share some of their art or advice. Unfortunately, Miranda had to pick up her son from school that day because the world stops for nobody. But Miranda was an amazing guest with advice strewn throughout her interview. In her stead, I'll take this moment to take care of Pajarito's business. We would like to thank Mayama Sebastian for the use of our theme song La Fiesta from the album El Hambre. We would also like to thank the Alliance for Latinx Theater Artists of Chicago, an organization dedicated to the community of Latinx theater artists. If you are a Latinx theater artist and not yet a member, join us. Find us at altachicago.org, click on membership, and check out all the benefits of becoming a member. And the link to apply for membership is right there. Just, just click on it. And if you are or aren't Latinx, but want consistent updates on the Chicago Latinx theater scene, like us on Facebook at Alta Chicago, and sign up for our monthly newsletter at altachicago.org. And once again, thank you, our audience. You are amazing. You are why I spend hours editing these episodes. But please, please tell your friends, tell your family, tell somebody nice on public transportation next to you. We don't pay for any advertising at all. It's all by word of mouth that we get our listeners. But beyond that, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Review our show. Give us feedback. Tell us who you want to hear on the show. We created this podcast for you, and it's your feedback that will make it better. Help us help you. I think that's it. Until next time, this has been Pajaritos, a Chicago Latinx theater podcast. Adentro no lo está, afuera está, adentro no lo está, afuera está, adentro.